Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to a crossover episode with Locked On Red Wings and Locked On Blackhawks. I'm Noel Bianchi. We got Jack Bushman. We got Scotty Bentley. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Visit rockauto.com right now and tell them that Locked On sent you. We're doing a full free agency day one recap. The Red Wings signed Pew Suter. Really the biggest move of the day. Resigned Sam Gagne. Made a couple other moves. We'll get into those later. But we're joined by Jack Bushman from Locked On Blackhawks because we're going to talk about Pew Suter, but also because we can just use a friend for uh, you know film, talking about talking about free agency stuff. So what's going on, Jack? It's good to see you. It's been too long, and uh, can't wait to dig into this stuff. Yeah, it's been a while, boys. Uh, glad to be glad to get another crossover, and it's been too long. Um, but yeah, it's been a crazy last week or so on my end with the Blackhawks making plenty of moves, uh, a couple big time trades, a couple things going on in free agency today. Of course, as you mentioned, Pia Suter winds up, the Blackhawks let his rights expire and he winds up signing with the Red Wings. Uh, so yeah, it's been crazy, but it's also been a lot of fun, man. Uh, this, this time of summer, it's what, what keeps me going at this point. It really is crazy because like we went through obviously that you go through the end of the season and then like, you're just like in a holding pattern. And then, you know, for teams like the Red Wings who have been not playing hockey, like we were talking before we got on here, the early season struggles of Anthony Mantha feels like six years ago. Um, and, and just these past couple of months, it feels like we've been waiting for this and Friday and Saturday's draft forever. And then it's just gone. Yeah. All, everything was jammed into like a little, week time span we had the seattle expansion draft then two days later was the end the first round of the nhl draft yep i forgot uh, about the expansion too the second yeah the second through seventh round was on saturday uh, i believe then uh, i think it was tuesday each team had to announce which rfas uh they gave qos to and then of course free agency today so i mean in a week time we've had five or six you know big time events um it's probably going to be all downhill after these next couple of days, sadly, until the season kicks off. But uh, it's it's been fun to get it in while we can. It's been, like you said, the only thing I've kind of been looking forward to this summer. How are, How is this week going to pan out for the Blackhawks? And, and it definitely hasn't disappointed. What were some of the biggest moves that surprised you guys today? Because, I mean, right off the bat, well, actually, we should address Gabe Landeskog resigning in Colorado because that broke my heart. Um Sure. Yeah. I really, really, really wanted to steal the Colorado Avalanche captain. I I lost sight of myself and whether it was a joke or whether it was serious. I wanted it to happen. Well, I, I don't know, but I don't know the answer to that, but I wanted it to happen. It would have been so cool to steal the Avalanche's captain just out of principle because you can. Um, and so I was hoping, you know, hey, funnel, funnel him some 15, nice, cool $15 million for the next two seasons. Get him over here throw an A on them, take a bunch of pictures, throw them up on Twitter. We can all laugh at the avalanche. It'd be a great time. Uh, that unfortunately did not happen. Then I moved on to Elias Pedersen and I can't believe Scott, I we actually, that. we actually, <laughs> I, I moved on so quickly. Ridiculous. 
Um, the, so ridiculous. We really should have discussed an Elias Pettersson offer sheet because for the Red Wings, it makes all the sense in the world. If you can do it like in, and there's a fine line to be had there and it's not over yet. Like it's still a possibility, but obviously the offer sheet compensation, it's like, if you give them more than $10.5 million, you got to give up four first rounders. If you give them less than 10.5 million, you got to give them uh two first, a second and a third or something like that. Yeah. That's a lot. I think that's worth it. If you ask me, because if you sign Elias Patterson, a 22 year old elite, elite. He's nasty. Center, He's nasty. Your team is really, really good. And now with the addition of Pew Suter, you have made this team a, a, a playoff contender without doing anything to damage the future, except give away a couple first or not a couple, four first round picks. Let's call it what it is. But you're giving away four first round picks in years that you assume you're going to be on an upward trajectory. And those aren't going to be worth nearly as much as they would have if you were still trying to just build that draft capital. I do know Steve Eisenman loves draft capital more than anything, though. So it's it's not going to happen. But if you you could you could throw fu money at Elias Pettersson, give him fifteen million for that first year, extend him for seven more years at ten million dollars. I think that's worth it for me personally. You could throw fu money at. So, so we were just talking before we started recording of how much salary cap we have. We you could throw fu money at so many people. Yeah, thirty million dollars. You could basically do whatever you want at that point. Well, and that's but like that's. The, the Landeskog and the Patterson thing are like two completely different things. Again, like the, the, the Landeskog thing is a prank on the avalanche. I, we should, we need to make sure that that's clear. The Patterson thing is truly it's taking a gamble, but a gamble that I think you're okay with taking because it's so hard to find an elite center in the NHL. And I, I just don't know that you're really going to be like, you're pushing forward the rebuild unnaturally, but in a way that doesn't mess up the rebuild, you know? And, and, but I I think other people would disagree that it doesn't mess up the rebuild. So I'd be curious to get your guys' thoughts on that. I think there's there's an argument for both sides. I mean, four first round picks. I mean, those are a lot of opportunities to get, to get a stud player at the same point. You already know what you're getting in Elias Pettersson, but four is, that's a lot. I mean, think about not being, unless you go and, get another pick from somebody else not having a first round pick for four years man that is a damn long time but you can go out and get you can go out and get them you the red wings just got another one this year you know they they picked one up in the anthony mantha deal like that's the thing on top of it is i think steve is savvy enough to be like all right we got to go all right get right back on the phones and he might not get it today he might not get it before next summer but he's gonna get those picks back and i just don't know that holding out for Shane Wright or Connor Bedard when this team is going to clearly start going upward, or at least trying to, is at this point the move. Center depth is also something that we talk about like every show at this point, and it's like a massive problem. I'm not really sure. Also within the organization, if I mean, I think you said it yesterday, like there's not really anyone coming there either. Like it's not like – it's thin across the entire organization, not just at the top. So I, I don't, I mean, that's a, that's a hell of an asking price, but, but I mean, the, I don't know. There's an argument for it. All right. Uh, let's move on from this because we do want to talk about the NHL. Um, I asked a question and then I think I answered it myself. And then that completely went into another thing. So surprising moves uh, 
for you guys today. What do you got for me, Jack? Uh, first thing that came to mind, I don't know if it's surprising, but the, the Seattle Kraken were pretty active getting uh, Philip Krubauer and they got Jaden Schwartz, um, giving him a pretty big deal as well. Um, I saw those splashes coming, but um, interesting. What did Grubauer get exactly? I think it was six, six million. Six by six? Six yeah, by six, I think? Something like that? That's bold. It was bold. That's, it was very bold. bold. Sure. Um, I saw Philip Deneau got the bag from the Kings. He got a uh, six-year, I think, $5.5 million. That was a pretty hefty price. He is a, a great shutdown center and a, a big mistake that the Blackhawks made. Uh, by trading him to the Montreal Canadiens a few years back. But also, one thing I did want to say, the goddamn Tampa Bay Lightning, guys. They are just keep fleecing out here. I saw they I got – It's disgusting. They got Belmar for dirt cheap, Zach Bogosian for like three years at 850000 I was like, what? Who are you guys? Oh, my God. Stay scheming. Stay scheming down there. Julian and- B. Yes, and then they, they trade for Brent Seabrook's contract to get a little bit of leeway. I was like, I guys, know. <laughs> like you guys are straight savages. <laughs> Who also like, why would you do that? Why would you why would you give that to them? You know, like I don't understand what, what the league's obsession is with helping out the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I got like let's talk about it. Because that's a Blackhawks move, right? Yes. I mean, at, at some point I feel like the league's gonna have to crack down at, on this a little bit, like especially with how LTIR relief is getting used nowadays. Like with, for the Blackhawks this past season, we had so many guys. We had uh, Zach Smith on LTIR at 3.5 million. Andrew Shaw at 3.9. Brent Seabrook at 6.8. We had Alex Nylander at like 800, not a lot, but adding up to it. It was, I I feel like at some point they're going to have to find a line here because now Seabrook's going to give Tampa Bay, $6.8 million of cap relief over the next two years. So. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's wild. Kind of crazy that they found another way, another way to do it, but they did give us Tyler Johnson and a second round pick for literally a retired player. I mean, (laughs) dude, no, not bad. This is something I have to talk about for sure. The Blackhawks yesterday. Oh yeah. yeah, Literally acquired Mark Andre, Mark Andre Fleury, Tyler Johnson and a second round pick for literally nothing. For literally nothing. For nothing. It's yeah, crazy. literally handed us them. What just happened? Which, good for them. I cannot believe that from Vegas' side. And and the the whole not calling him and letting him know and letting him find out on Twitter like that. Yeah, it was a lot. That just Definitely. reeks, dude. Like, I hate that. And that, I was never really, I, I've always been annoyed by Vegas and I couldn't really quite put my finger on it. But like. And, th- and this isn't it. Like, I'm not saying that this is like a continuation of who they are or anything like that, but like, Oh, okay. You guys are douchebags. And, and I feel okay <laughs> saying that now. You no. Know? Right. It's like when people show you who you are, you got to believe them. A hundred percent. And, and uh, there was this guy from uh, Toronto media, just licking the boots out of uh, Vegas. Kelly McCrimmon is their GM. Yeah. Um, and he, he had a quote. It was like, you know, the people, uh, you know, say they, they want you to do things. And then I can't sit on my hands and be passive. That's not, I can't remember what the exact quote was, but the, this guy like quote tweeted, he's like, now there's Kelly McCrimmon with a reasoning. I think every hockey fan can understand. <laughs> and I'm just like, shut up. You know, I just, yeah. I, sometimes I get annoyed with people who like 
constantly talk about old hockey men. Like some of them are pretty great, but also there is, there is the pendulum that swings in the opposite direction that, that yes, I agree with you. Um, yeah. It's tough. pretty obnoxious. It's tough to see Mark Andre Fleury kind of get treated that way again after, uh, you know, being left exposed in the expansion draft by Pittsburgh a few years back the where he place he had called his home for 12, 13 years. And now finds two out cups. Really, yeah. Now Three. he finds out, well, Matt Murray, Matt Murray yeah. was kind of their guy for it, but I mean, yeah. Fleury, Fleury was beloved by that fan base and still is. Um, but yeah, it, it was tough to hear that he found out via Twitter and, and he, he not that long ago expressed his desire to at least finish out that contract in Vegas. He really didn't want to move his family or his kids. He felt settled down there. So now that's the million dollar question that's kind of floating around with the Blackhawks is Mark Andre Fleury going to want to play in Chicago. Uh, and according to a source, apparently he's leaning towards no at the moment, but it, it's nothing set in stone or official. And even if he doesn't play, we don't have to pay him. So really no risk maneuver by the Hawks. I mean, and if he does wind up playing, then you know, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder by being let go by Vegas. And also we just got, 2021 Vesna trophy winner for a fifth round pick. Who's been playing in the ECHL the last two years. There's yeah. Then you where... remember you got him for nothing and you're like, yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's literally an <laughs> it's A literally plus trade. <laughs> and like his $7 million contract. Yeah. It's not great, but it's only through this season. And yeah. uh, there's no, I don't know. Really... Bad one year deals. Exactly. And I don't really expect Mark Andre Fleury to be part of the Blackhawks future plans going forward. Like we've been drafting that minders. We got some young guys, Kevin Lankin in, uh, we just signed a Swedish goaltender this past summer drafted Drew Comesso in the second round last year. So it's not like Mark Andre Fleury is going to be here long-term and he's going to be taking up cap space for us going forward. No, it's just, if he does decide to play, it's probably going to be this one year and then he'll go about his way somewhere else. You know what? Uh, really Bob like the the free agency period reminds me that people who railroad against drafting a goalie because you can just go out and get one are full of shit and this is just a random personal pet peeve of mine if that's true then how come every free agency period the eight cup contenders in the league are all just swapping goalies like it, it that is the weirdest thing to me. I, I, has it always been like that? Like, I, I, don't, I really don't remember. It feels more carousel-y, like, over these past couple of years. This year in particular. But, like, that, this is what I always come back to. Like, if, if finding a goalie is so easy, then why don't the Leafs do it? Then why don't the Avalanche do it? Then why don't – you know, like, it's, it's, it's not Yeah, the Avs made easy. it today, but yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Darcy Kemper. Yeah. I, I really liked that. That was, uh, I mean, you know, first round picks get moved around and stuff. That's always fun. Yeah. I thought that was my, like, uh, my, one of the moves that I had my eye on the most today, just cause the abs, it was weird. Cause most people expect them to kind of address it more at the deadline. Right. And like we, I mean, here we draw mocks for, to send Bernier out there and stuff. And, uh, they finally addressed it. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan Bernier, by the way, signed with the New Jersey Devils today. Correct. Uh, did not see that coming, but good for him. Yeah. Just I want mean, to throw that out there. Well, this is a Red Wings podcast. Glenn yeah. Denning, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Glenn Denning hey. to the stars. A my terrible, 
Hey, I I saw that coming. Well, let's get these Red Wings trades. Actually, let's go to break. Was a let's tearjerker. It was a tearjerker. <laughs> all right, let's go to break. Let's read this bet online. Uh, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you. <laughs> can track all the action at bet online that was a cough for emphasis not really get all the latest news odds and info on all your sporting needs including mlb nba nhl and all of your ufc mma action for the next pitch head on over to bet online or your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information use our promo code locked on to get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your for holy crap 50 percent that can't be right that's so much money so if you put oh, in 100 yeah. they give you 150 yeah, that's crazy. the deal. It's a 50% real crazy. Bonus. That's stealing. Yeah. Wow. All right. All right. Yeah. So use the promo code locked on and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That doesn't sound right. It has to be uh, on your first deposit at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Gretzky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Oh! All right, we are back. Segment two here, Locked On Red Wings, Locked On Blackhawks crossover. I don't know why, but whenever I want to say Locked On Blackhawks, something about the alliteration of that makes me always almost say Locked On Blockhacks or like some variation of that. Like I always get it jumbled and I have to think about it very intently as I say it. Otherwise, I will mess it up. Can't can't say I've had that problem, but I I could see how I, really I how it would be possible. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just so used to saying it. I don't know. I think sometimes like people have a, a trouble saying Red Wings, not like in a in a in, in a conversation, just because it does kind of it sounds the same a little bit with not sound. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. Red Wings. I, yeah, exactly. I could definitely see that happening a lot. Um. What else do you guys want to talk about? What, what what other big move shocked you guys today? I don't think I saw – or actually, you were going to bring something up before we went to break, Jack. I was going to say, uh, it didn't happen today, but how about Alex Ovechkin signing a five-year contract? Holy moly. Yep, that was uh, pretty unexpected. Like, I, I obviously ex- expected him to finish his career there, but not like that. But good for them? I don't know. Like, what – are there still cap implications on that? Like if he retires, like what? I don't know. I'm not positive what would happen. Yeah, I don't know. But they also, uh, the Capitals also made an interesting move. They let uh, Vitek Vanacek go to Seattle in the draft yep. and then traded him back for, tr- got him back today for a second round pick. It was like, okay, well, I guess that's one way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw right. like, I saw like the, uh, the GIF of, uh, well, Homer Simpson's what? dad, the GIF, uh, the GIF of Thank Homer you. Simpson. Homer Simpson. Yeah, I call it GIF. People call it GIF. I hate when people call it GIF. GIF. So I, GIF. Say, I say both. I don't know. I have Fair friends enough. who say both. I like it. I say I Bianchi agree. and Bianchi, depending on what people call me first. I have a good so. buddy with the last name Bianchi, which is funny. So yeah. I've always heard you pronounce it Bianchi. I've always found that yeah. interesting. Well, that's what people say. And so I'm like, yes. <laughs> you are. I correct. hate correcting people. But yeah, I, I saw that uh, that gif, excuse me, of Homer Simpson's dad like walking, you know, when he walks into the room, puts his hat on the coat rack and then grabs it. Yep. <laughs> walks right back out. He's like, Vitek Vanacek with the Capitals today. I was like, all right. What do you guys think about Dougie Hamilton going to the Devils? That is interesting Ooh. with Luke Hughes in the pipeline, my friend. I love it. This is actually a, a good conversation piece for my show because Dougie Hamilton – 
was really the other defenseman that the Blackhawks were potentially looking to add this summer. We knew they were going to make a splash somewhere, and it seemed like it was down to Seth Jones or Dougie Hamilton. Now they'd have to sign and trade for Seth Jones, and that's the route they wound up going with, giving up assets rather than just going in free agency and signing Dougie Hamilton. Uh, so it, it's kind of interesting to see that the Blackhawks chose Jones, giving him $9.5 million and giving up the, the picks that they did along with Adam Boquist instead of going and signing Dougie Hamilton for $9 million and yeah. keeping all those things as well. I personally do like Seth Jones more than Dougie Hamilton. I think Seth Jones is more of the complete style defenseman you need as a true number one. That's and he's younger. Bad. Yes, that's just and not as injury prone. Dougie just broke his leg a couple years back in a really the best bad. ability is availability, baby. And your coachability. <laughs> How about Josh Hosang signing uh, an invitation to go to training camp with the Toronto Maple Leafs today? Did he really? I didn't even see wow, that. Wow, I didn't yep. see that either. There was a lot of news that got lost in the shuffle. The the uh, Dino signing being one of them. I tweeted out like I still think that you know Dino or. Brandon Saad at the right play, price makes sense for the Red Wings. And then somebody tweeted me, they're like, Dino signed with the Kings a half hour ago. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, you know, can I really be held responsible for that? You know, like, how how was I – how am I supposed to keep up with that? You, you got a check mark, brother. I don't know what we're talking about here. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. I was great. You're not wrong. The same thing. No, wrong. It's great two-way, two-way, two-factor <laughs> authentication. <laughs> two-factor authentication. <laughs> you all no, of a sudden but, he forgets where he comes from. <laughs> Nolan, what, what were your thoughts, though, on, on the Dougie Hamilton deal and just uh, the, the $9 million? And I guess you kind of just share your insight on what you thought on. Oh, do you think Seth Jones is a better player than Dougie Hamilton? What, what's kind of your perspective on that? I don't know because I like try I'm a, I'm a very like analytics novice and like that's that's the thing that people like crush Seth Jones for but when I watch Seth Jones I think he's a good hockey player and so the the thing with Dougie Hamilton like you mentioned was the injury I think there's a sense that he uh might be a power play special like cheapskate like you know his pr- production might be a little inflated for those reasons i just like that he i i like the devils signing him most of all like i like because they're in a spot where they have like money tied up but i'm a firm believer and and we went into this at on at length on yesterday's show but i'm a firm believer that when you're a rebuilding team the best time to go out and get a free agent like this is like right before you get good make the Dougie Hamilton signing be the thing that gets you into the playoffs because next year the Dougie Hamilton signing might be the thing that gets you to the third round you know like and I like I I didn't want him in Detroit because the Red Wings have a pretty good situation going on with the blue liners they got coming up like there are a couple guys I think eventually there won't be room for and so like I I wasn't too keen on the Red Wings making a deal like that. But I also think that like it, it, if you're going to do it, the time is now because it's going to, that it's going to come off the cap earlier or the buyout's going to be less like for the most part, guys aren't making it to these deals, like to the end of these deals. And so if you get him earlier, you can buy him out earlier or you can, you know, do whatever cap maneuver you have to do in five, six years, if you have to do it at all. And it won't be as bad because you started it now. Plus the cap goes up and you know, there's the, obviously it's flat right now, but 
there's that kind of general rule that says the longer amount of term you give somebody, the better the contract or the better the money is because it becomes less and less of your percentage every year. So I liked it. I, as a whole, like I like, I like the devils doing it. You know, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It, kind of, it kind of makes sense for the stage that they're at. And it's something they, they need some life. Like, yes. yes. I feel like they need been, something I feel like exciting. they've been dead for the last yes. three years. You and know? they've, and to their credit, they've tried, but it just hasn't worked. Like bringing Subban in was an effort to, was it an attempt? Just didn't work. You know, turns out he's just not the greatest. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, were any of you guys surprised that he ended up signing today? I was fairly, it, like, the, I the, was. it was so, it was so weird. Like the same teams just kept stepping in it, you know, yeah. like the Canadians. They go out and draft Mayu on Friday night. And then it comes out. I, I think the, the first report that came out on Tony D'Angelo at all over these past couple of days was that the Canadians are interested in signing him. And then you have the Hurricanes going out and doing it. What else did they do? They did something else that was like not ethically. The Hurricanes? Yeah, I think. I might be. I might be I don't wrong. know. They've just been, they've been lowballing everybody. I don't know if that's what's on your mind. No. I don't know. I might, I, they might, that might be what's on my mind and I'm just not thinking straight, but uh, yeah. Yeah. It surprised, it surprised me. I mean, definitely. I, I mean, I, I, I guess I wouldn't have been shocked if, if kind of like after the first wave of free agents, when stuff was like dying down, if someone lobbed him like a, a tiny ass, you know, whatever one year contract again, and somebody gave him a chance, you know, whatever, he's an idiot, but, but to be kind of in the, in the mix during all these like other big reports of trades and big name people signing and shit like that. And then to see that come across was, was definitely a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not a good look for the NHL either, which no. they, probably, they probably don't care about, but, and, and man, like the NHL. Yeah. It's like they're just not getting out of their own way. Like, and teams are individually, you know, responsible for that. But as a whole, yeah. it's wild. And like, the, and and the thing that was that, that's crazy about it, the thing that's craziest to me, is that these teams have the worst, worst PR departments I've ever seen in my entire life. How do you not? Like, dude, the, the fact that the Canadians had a statement prepared for when they drafted Mayu was like the most foresight I've ever seen from an NHL team. And ever since then, all of it has just been out the window. They were in the, the D'Angelo press conference today. I didn't get to watch it or, and I'm probably going to, I'm paraphrasing. So I'm probably going to butcher some of this because it was just such a crazy day. I just kind of saw while I was scrolling, but they asked him like, what, makes you think that he deserves a, another chance. And they're like, well, he's in a program. And they're like, what kind of program? He's like, I'm not at liberty to talk about it. You can ask him. And it's in New York. And they're like, oh, all right. And then so they ask him about it. And he's like, yeah, no, don't want to talk about it too much about the past. But yeah, definitely in a program right now. So they're like, a program for what? And he's like, again, you know, don't want to. And again, that's all paraphrasing. But like, that's the gist that I got from what happened in Carolina today. Yeah, I also saw he's like, he said something about how uh, he's like, most of these, he, he said something about how he's like, most of these incidents occurred 10 years ago. Like, I'm a changed man. And then someone asked him about like a comment he made a week ago. Um, was it? Was it a, oh uh, is the thing you're thinking about the hurricanes was there like a slur used on Twitter or something 
Is that what you're thinking of by chance? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't remember I don't that. There, there was something that Tony D'Angelo mentioned about that, but like he, he uh, didn't. He really didn't do himself any favors, and he also got asked about his opinions on the the riots on the Capitol. Dude, by Wyshynski, I <laughs> love making fun of Greg Wyshynski as much as the next guy, maybe more than the next guy. But that was a a one question. That what did was you think? hilarious. What was what was the exact? So quote? Did you hear it? I think uh, I, 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 think I, I haven't didn't... heard it in context, but like I'm dying to know just like, all right, our next question comes from Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. Hi, Tony. Um, just out of curiosity, what did you think <laughs> of the insurrection? Um, talk about, you know, your feelings on that day. Were you happy, sad, mortified, uh, stuff like that? Thanks, Tony. You know, like. I need to hear it. I need to hear it's it. It's incredible. I can't believe he actually asked <laughs> that. That's hilarious. But um, no, I'm pretty sure he said he he uh, didn't agree with it. But, you know, it's Tony D'Angelo. So he's yeah, pro- probably inside. He was smiling. Also really not that hard to say that. Um, all right. What else do we what, what other big moves? Any Anything you got, Scotty, that, that really jumped off the page to you? No, I mean, like I said earlier, the biggest one for me, um, I spent most of my day trying to think of, of uh, Colorado now. Because I, I really liked that move a lot. And I think that, um, you know, that's one of the very few holes that team had. And now it's uh, might not be a hole anymore. So that's kind of horrifying, to be completely honest with you. Um, that was so that was my big one. And then, yeah, we, I mean, we've kind of covered the, the other ones, I guess. Uh, Mike Hoffman to yep. the Montreal. Oh, Canadians. Yeah. Uh, Braden Point got an extension today, oh, 9.5 million. Yes, he did. Thank you very much. And he deserves it too. Uh, that Zach yeah. Hyman deal officially became official in Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton. Seven years, 5.5 million. I'm pretty sure that's the exact <laughs> contract he gave Justin Abdicator. Um, if I do recall, it's pretty close. Um, I was a flat circle. <laughs> the Canucks got busy. Like they, they did, they did enough work to protect themselves against whatever could happen today and good for them. Somebody just tweeted me though. The, does, does an offer sheet have to get in by today for it to be, is that true? I honestly do not know. I wish I did. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. the deadline. Right, we'll look it up before the end of the I show. Could, I could give it a Google. Yeah, if you want to do that, I'll keep reading. I got these you, buddy. Uh, Tyson Barry resigned in Edmonton. I think that actually came through a little bit last night. Jane Schwartz, you mentioned at the top, goes to Seattle. I think, like the the fact that they made a splash wasn't surprising to me. Like I think you could honestly look at what they did with their um, draft, their expansion draft, and kind of be like, okay, like I I can they they would rather just. Uh, you know, get their guys in free agency, save the cap room, get some, you know, veteran leaders, some high upside guys, and just let free agency fill the rest in. Um, and then they go out and give that money to Grubauer after signing Chris Treasure, having Vitek Vanasek. Like, why? I, I don't understand the need to go out and get Philip Grubauer right now. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. They, this team doesn't know if they can compete or not. Yeah. And to give them that much term right away is I just feel like a big commitment for kind of the stages that they're in after the expansion draft. Like they kind of left themselves available to how they want to play out their future. And I was interesting that they kind of committed to that right just away, you know, literally ruined it. Like right? the, you had, you had Chris Treasure and if he, if it doesn't work, who cares? You, then you're tanking. You're going to get another top pick. Then 
you just ride it out. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I, for the life of me, cannot see the need to go out and, and do that. Um, Purgatory. Yeah. For real. Chris Rieger was, Chris Rieger was really good for the Panthers last season. Mm-hmm. And they got mm-hmm. him at a good deal too. Three and a half yes. million for three years. Like, it's not like that was yeah something that they're going to eventually look to move on from or something like that. Ah, just the whole thing just was very, very strange to me. Um, I'm sure Chris Rieger is not all that happy himself either. Michael Delzato, I did not know he was still in the NHL for some still reason. He gets I don't... paid money. He just floats around those random teams like Columbus and Philadelphia. Is playing third pairing minutes. Just he just floats. Yeah, I remember the Philly. How days. old do you think Kyle Palmieri is? Kyle Palmieri? Well, I remember he was way back. He was with the Ducks way back in the day. Um, that was my thought too. Kyle Palmieri, I'd guess he's thirty-one. Yeah, that is it. Yeah, that's wow. that's right about it. He's either thirty or thirty-one. I thought he was way yeah. older than that because I did, I remembered him being like good when I was in like junior high slash high school, and he just got the the Gagne thing to him where he just started playing hockey as a teenager, and then every and everybody just assumed at a certain point that he was like old, and he's like, no, I'm still just twenty five, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's thirty years old, and he's played in eleven NHL seasons. That's dumb. That's dumb. That's the same thing with Sam Gagne. Like that, and that's why I refuse to say that Sam Gagne is worthless. Like I, I think that a guy like Sam Gagne, while he was never like great, like I don't see any reason why he can't go back to whatever he used to be. You know, it's not like he's super old. It's not like the game has passed him by. Like, whatever. And that's why, just to do a quick Red Wings thing here, real quick, like. I was happy that if they were going to bring him or Bobby Ryan back, I liked Bobby Ryan a lot more. I really wanted him to come back just because I thought he was like a good ambassador for the team. It was nice to hear him talk in press conferences. Like, but the Sam Gagne just gives you so much flexibility. Like Sam Gagne on some nights, he was the first line setter on this team, which is not, which is an indictment of the Red Wings and not a compliment to Sam Gagne. But nonetheless, you know, you can put him on the wing, you can put him up the middle. You can put him on the penalty kill, put him on the power play. Like there, he he brings a lot to the table despite him not being Sam Gagne that he once was. The thing, he, the thing about that is, sorry to interrupt. No, Scott, you're uh, the thing about that is a guy like Sam Gagne, you put him on the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he looks like a great key piece yeah. that every great team needs on yeah. their depth, you know. But you put him on the Red Wings, and those it, it's the Blackhawks to, to move to a Blackhawks perspective. It's a very similar thing, which what just happened with David Camp. David Camp was a great fourth line center, and those guys are extremely valuable, can play on the penalty kill, wins 52% of his faceoffs. He's reliable when you could put him on the ice, but on a mediocre hockey team, that doesn't get valued as much, and that doesn't. Mm-hmm as big of, you know, a factor like, Oh, great. We have a good fourth line center. What the hell are we going to do with our second and third lines here still, you know? So those guys, Sam Gagne on another team very well could be someone that people think is a great glue guy. And he very well could be. That's a great point. He, uh, he also guarantees you one win a year. Yeah. Whichever game he, whichever game is the Gagne game. The Gagne game is a guaranteed win every year. So like you have that, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to lose every game. He's guaranteed getting you a win. You guys, Uh, you guys need to get back in the playoffs and just wait, wait for him to have one when you need him the most. See, that's it, man. That's, that's it. You, you don't even play him in the regular season. You're just like, all right. He's 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 a springtime guy. Exactly. He's a big spring guy. That's all you need. 
<laughs> some big uh, some big moves going on with the Calgary Flames. They signed Blake Coleman, uh, six years, four point nine million. Thought that was a lot of money. I just I hope. I, I mean, Seth Jones is one thing. You know, when you lock up a guy like Seth Jones, or if you get a guy like Elias Patterson, like we were talking earlier, I don't see really any scenario outside of getting an elite, outside of somebody who is automatically a top three forward or a top two defenseman longer than six years. You know, like that, that does not make sense to me. And that was one of the things that honestly – was a uh, kind of a staple of how the Blackhawks kind of kept that team together. Like there was some good and there was some bad along with it, like some deals that don't look so good in hindsight. But I remember when that was all going down, we were sitting over here in Detroit going, now that's what a GM is supposed to be doing in the salary cap era, making the tough decisions, cutting that guy, get waving that, getting that money off the books, you know? And it's just like, really Calgary why what just just because he's gonna get it somewhere else like you feel compelled to give that to him like I I don't I don't get that right and then that just more so feels like a move that a team who's ready to compete for the Stanley Cup would make not a team who's like trying to find their like soul you know and like yeah it's weird. And they're like, there's like talks about they missed the playoffs last year. It's not like exactly yeah there's literally. like of like Johnny Goudreau possibly leaving and they're giving freaking Blake Coleman five million dollars a year it's like you got some bigger fish to fry here boys unreal uh Ryan Suter four years 14.6 million dollars contract with the stars full no movement clause I'm pretty sure full no movement clause that part I don't like but outside of that it's great signing for the stars if you ask me yeah they just keep loading up on that back end man that's their bread and butter it's clear I hate the Dallas Stars so much I don't know what it is it's 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 I'm I recognize that it, it doesn't really come from anywhere. Like I, I hate their uniforms. I think that's it. I hate They're them so awesome. much only because of their uniforms. If they went back to like the 1999 Brett Hall, Mike Madonna star, like those jerseys were so sick and I cannot respect them in their current state of green. I just can't do it. What, what do you like the uh like those weird ass alternates that look no. like a highlighter? No, no. Oh my god. No. Like what is <laughs> that? They're grow so up. bad. They're so bad. <laughs> you say grow up. <laughs> grow up. What is this? The Here first day of seventh grade? Grow up. Seriously, that's what it looks like. Or like when you walk into champs and there's like you know, it's all like the uh earned, not given Nike. Like that <laughs> that is the, the hockey uniform equivalent of Nike hyperdunk. Who the hell thought that looked good? Who the hell thought that looked good? Like, oh, now they're whites. Let's take a highlighter and scribble all over the sweater and <laughs> put them on. Now, what are you guys going whites. for with this jersey? You know, like a green highlighter. <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> literally terrible. Oh my goodness, I will defend those white jerseys. So I do like those. I think they're sick. They're all white uniforms. I don't mind that take. Yes, I don't, yes. I don't mind that. Sure, those are silky. That's I fair. think you know you gotta have a. You, Here's the thing. Those are both very bold moves, but the neon is a seventh grade bold move. And the all white is like a fresh out of college bold move, you know, oh, sure. it's sure. a little bit more mature in a way. Absolutely. 
I was thinking like, I don't know how to properly just put this. I feel like their jerseys are like the, the tw- like the 2021, like they're trying so hard to make them like seem like, like pop out and be so cool. And they just like forget the fundamentals that those, no one's going to look at those freaking colors for 60 minutes and think it's a good idea. Bro, imagine if those jerseys existed during like, like the nineties, like the, the camera work, you know how like bright colors, like the line, there would be a line that would follow bright colors, right? Imagine, imagine, imagine yeah. trying to watch a game. You could barely do it now, nonetheless. Uh, yeah, they're, they're horrible. Speaking of that, I don't know why this popped in my brain. Do you guys ever used to play Line Rider as a kid? Yes. That was the yes. greatest game of all time. Sometimes Electric. I go back and I don't have a mouse on my computer and it's like way harder to like draw good straight yeah, lines with a trackpad. That game, probably as far as the computer goes, my most played game of my childhood, just hours and hours online. Fantastic writer, call. Just trying Fantastic to, call. to do cool shit. Yeah. It's like a 2D uh, Rube Goldberg machine with a, with a it's awesome on a sled. He's a little dude on a sled. Yeah. It's awesome. Damn. I feel like I, I'm Squidward looking at SpongeBob and Patrick having all that fun out his window. Right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got Sponge- no idea what the hell y'all uh, are talking about. Squidward and Patrick, or Squidward looking out the window, and SpongeBob and Patrick.jpg. All right, got to talk to the folks about RockAuto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years with an ever increasing number of makes and models. It is now impossible. For all the local chain auto parts stores to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure pointless, intimidating, questioning, and wait while the counterman orders the parts uh, on his computer, choosing only the brand that his warehouse happens to carry? We don't like that kind of behavior. We don't condone that type of behavior. You have computers with access to rockauto.com, both at home and in your pocket. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100%? Huh? More for the same auto parts from a chain store or car dealership. It doesn't make sense, folks. That's that's all I can really tell you. At the end of the day, lighting your money on fire and throwing it at your local chain store is not no way to live. It, it simply isn't. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you get there, just do us a favor. Just one little favor in exchange for pointing you towards these great auto parts. Just write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So that they know we sent you. They've got amazing selection. They've got reliably low prices and they've got all the parts of your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. One shot by the hot save, rebound, score! First NHL goal, you sooner. All right, segment three here at the Lockdown Red Wings and Lockdown Blackhawks crossover episode. Go follow us all on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks, right? Is that, is that where you are? Bingo. And L-O underscore Red Wings. You can find Jack at Jack Bushman too. Me at Nolan Bianchi and Scotty at Bentley Scotty. Do us all a favor. Subscribe to our respective shows. It's the only way to help us grow. If you have positive feedback, please uh, leave us a review. That helps us grow as well. What are the Red Wings getting in Pew Suter, Jack? Because I think going into this free agency, Patterson and Landis Gog jokes aside. Oh, did you figure out what the what the RFA if there was an, a deadline on offer sheet? I did uh, not find if there was a deadline. I just know they couldn't do it until the twenty eighth, which is today. All right. Um. So Patterson and Landis Gog jokes aside, that was once he became available. In my mind, the prize of this free agent class for the Red Wings because. He fits in with the e-course of exactly what Steve Eisenman is trying to do, which is getting mid-20s guys in here with upside that can be core parts 
of the or they can be part of the core of this rebuild. And Pew Suter, I got a text from our buddy Kyle at Lockdown Sharks, and he just said, F you, ha 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 ha. <laughs> Reporter Chris Red Wing signed Pew Suter for two years. I don't know why. I, I just had a feeling in my heart that like it was it was kind of going to happen. It would just seem like such a savvy Steve move. And they got him at a great deal, $3.5 million for two years. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was pretty sad to see P.S. Suter go after he put together a pretty strong rookie campaign for the Blackhawks. Uh, and without Jonathan Taze and Kirby Doc for, well, Jonathan Taze for the entire season, Kirby, Kirby Doc for most of it. Without those two guys, P.S. Suter really stepped up and was playing top line. And, and if not that, second line minutes along with Patrick Kane for most of the year. We really leaned on him a little heavily for a rookie, and I thought he handled that pretty well. Um, so I, I was sad, definitely sad to see that the Blackhawks didn't get anything in return for him. They just kind of let him part ways. That was that very was interesting. That was weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, you know, considering they just got Tyler Johnson, who also plays some center. Uh, we also got a couple of high, high end prospects coming up in the system that play center as well. Lucas yeah. Reichel, who's a 2020 first round pick. We got Henrik Borgstrom from the Panthers in a trade at the deadline this past year. He also plays center. We still got those two guys I just mentioned, Jonathan Taze and Kirby Doc. Uh, Dylan Strom plays center. Um, so we were kind of a, a bit of a log jam down the middle. Yeah. Um, so I get why we went that route. It was just a bit confusing to not get anything in return for him because he did just have a good rookie season. There were teams out there who were clearly interested in him. Very so, much could have been a Calder finalist. Like he was kind of trending in that direction for a while. Yeah, I don't think he ended up in the voting, but no, he finished eleventh, which okay, is kind yeah. of disrespectful. I thought a little bit, um, but well, like twelve of his goals came against the Red Wings, so yeah, that's fair. He lit you guys, <laughs> he lit you guys up like a Christmas tree. He did his first game against Detroit. He had a hat trick. Um, Can't beat him, join him, baby. You just Let's mentioned go. he he played really well with those other guys out, but it sounded like he was kind of playing with some of the the top guys on the team. How did he look away from the the Canes and the DeBrinkets? Uh, he was more than serviceable. I mean, he can create plays himself. Uh, not bad speed. He doesn't really have much size to him. He's only about 5'9", 175 pounds, but he's scrappy. I'll give him credit for it. Um, I, I don't know about his abilities at the faceoff dot. He won about 42% this year. He was one of the worst in the NHL for the amount of faceoffs that he took, but that also is just – That sounds – I think that might be like close to the Red Wings average, not named Luke Lindenning. <laughs> right. He was carrying you True. guys. Yeah. He was carrying you guys there. Um, but from the, an offensive standpoint, I mean, Pia Suter is a, a, a prospect who I think is, could be a really good middle six, second line, third line guy, offensive upside. I think he can score 20 goals. If he gets settled in a little bit more, um, he scored 14 and 55 this past year. I, I liked Pia Suter a lot. I, I really did. He was another great find at this Blackhawks uh, scouting department got, from over in Europe, we do a pretty good job getting getting those guys. And for being only 25 years old, man, you know, I, I thought Suter handled jumping over to North America pretty well in his first year. And that is difficult. Like, there's an adjustment period there. And it was really funny. So, sure. I uh, – Red Wings fans will know that there was a, another mid-20s Swiss forward with a ton of upside, had a great rookie year, left his team after the first year. And then he became a complete fraud. And that is Damian Brunner. So I went, I was like, 
I just wanted to make sure, you know, and I went and uh, evolving hockey. You can still look at uh, his like goals above replacement and stuff like that uh, from all this time ago. Uh, Pew Suter has a, at a positive goals above replacement uh, rating on offense by about over six goals. He had a positive on defense. Damian Brunner was somewhat positive on offense playing on a line with Zetterberg and Franzen. He was so bad on defense that his production there outshined how good he was. So like he, he was at uh, like minus six to minus nine in goals above replacement on defense and plus six to plus nine and on offense uh, in the one percent one percentile on defense so i'm glad that like how his defense is is not a not an issue i take it because that's i think a concern like obviously the damian brunner jokes but i mean matthias brome he comes over here he's another you know guy that comes over in his mid-20s from europe you're like oh look at this guy and then he just is not really anything and and i'm curious to know what does his two-way game look like yeah, uh, I don't. It's not the strongest two-way game. He's not a defensive stud or anything, but it's not a glaring weakness at all. And I think with getting some more games under his belt and some more NHL experience, I'm sure he should grow in that department. Uh, I, I wouldn't be worried about it. Basically, is what I'm saying here. But offense really is his bread and butter. Before he came to the NHL, it's actually kind of a funny story how the Blackhawks landed him. So rewind three years now. And Dominic Kubalik, before he was in the NHL with the Blackhawks, he was over in the NLA, the top league over in Switzerland, and he won the MVP there. Uh, and the Blackhawks went out and signed him to a one-year deal, worked out great. He scored 30 goals, came in third in the Calder Trophy voting. What do the Blackhawks do a year later? They go and see who won the MVP in the NLA the next year. Oh, that was Pia Suter. Why don't we go and sign him to a one-year deal? So they literally did the exact same thing back-to-back Incredible. years. I love that. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was pretty funny. It's a matter um, of principle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't expect Suter to – Blackhawks fans put up some unfair expectations considering how great Kubelik was as a rookie. Um, so there were some people expecting Suter to jump in right away and be putting up kind of those type of numbers. I knew it wasn't going to be that high, but I don't think there was anything to be disappointed about in how Pia Suter went about it in, in his rookie year, 27 points in 55 games. Um, for a team that didn't really thrive offensively, he was one of our guys that we could kind of rely on in that top six one. Uh, we were, we were pretty banged up up there. You got anything, Scott? Uh, I mean, my biggest thing is, and this isn't just for Jack specifically, but like, um, where, uh, where does he fit into two C? Oh, is that what you think? Okay. Absolutely. hundred percent. That that's where I was leaning to, but I don't, I don't see top line upside coming from Pia Suter or I, I would be surprised. Jack, this is the Red Wings we're talking about. I mean. <laughs> if Dylan Larkin goes out, Pew Suter is the number one center on this team. Do you, real, do you realize that? We are uh, we are one Jamie Benn uh, axe chop on Dylan Larkin's neck away from. From being right Pew where Suter we were last the, year. The number one center on this. Yeah, true. true when that happens, I'll be sure to project y'all as the 32nd. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you now. Oh, that's a good callback. So before the season started, Doc and Taves got hurt, and I projected the Blackhawks to be the worst team in the league, which I stand by. Like my reasoning was sound on that. They <laughs> performed hot early, and they were like, "Screw it, let's go for it. Let's try to make the playoffs." If that, they, if that <laughs> and which again, to be fair, 
you can't discount the the games that they won at the beginning of the season, but like it was that was all Lankinen, and then <laughs> the 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 bed that you guys made, you just slept in it for the last forty games, and let's be real, that was that was the real Blackhawks. <laughs> <laughs> they literally weren't the thirty second team, Nolan. I stand by it. <laughs> literally, there were only thirty one teams I in the NHL last year. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> To be fair, uh, it's a it's a fair gripe. They weren't heading in the right direction. I understand it. Well, no, it 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 made sense for them to tank in that year too. Like I I wasn't saying like they're they think they're going to be good, but they're going to stink. Like I was like, no, the Blackhawks yeah. are going to be like, screw it, this is a lost year. Let's go and try and get some elite talent at the bottom of the draft. Even though it wasn't a year to do that, but still, I, I think they just refused to re- rebuild. They're just like, eh, I don't want to do it anymore. It's just it's just too hard. It's too long of a process. Let's just skip it. Do you guys ever remember, and it's a different situation because the Blackhawks won three cups, but do you guys ever remember like a team and a core, like a great team, just like falling from grace for five years while their top two players are like not in their prime, but not, not in their prime, you know, like just falling away and just not competing again. Like I, I, I am just, I'm, you can't trade Taves and Kane, but I don't know. I think that maybe they probably could have benefited from trading Kane at some point down the road. Like at, at what point are you like, okay, we're going to give it, we, all right. I know we missed playoffs three years in a row. I know you're mad. You're mad about that. I get that. Trust me. You know, I would be upset too, but um, this is the year. And then they just, they don't do it and nothing really changes. There's no pressure. Like I just, I just find that weird. It's, yeah, I can't really think of another team where it's it's been this tough of a downfall. Um, like the Pens, the the I mean, maybe the Kings. Like I, but those guys on that team. Well, I mean, Dowdy and Kopitar. I don't know, but they they went into rebuild mode. Like the Blackhawks didn't. They were just like continued to suck, but they did get top picks as well. I'm working through this in my own head at the moment. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah, no. Um, the Jonathan Tays and Patrick Kane situation is is really tough because it the question that you can't help but ask yourself is how much longer are they going to let it ride for? You know, obviously these guys have full no movement clauses and they can't go anywhere unless they want to in the first place. Yeah. But we just saw Duncan Keith wave his no movement clause to get out of here and go somewhere else. Taze and Kane now, I mean, they're, they're more of the core staples to the team as beloved as Duncan Keith was Taze and Kane are always the top two guys. That's just how it is. Yeah. Um, I I do think they're committed and Patrick Kane, I think more so than Jonathan Taze is going to be a question mark because of the money he's going to command, but it's going to be an interesting conversation in two, two summers when those deals come up about, what, what are we trying to do here? Because you guys are now going to be what 34, 35 years old. And it also depends on how the Blackhawks go, go about things in the next few years as well. If they're doing well, it's probably going to be a lot easier to have those conversations, but if they're still struggling along, you know, might be time to, to cut the ties, unfortunately, but that, I don't want to think about that. I mean, we we've lost, we've no, lost yeah, too many and I, and I'm not, over the last year. Yeah. But, and I'm not trying to make you think about that, but like, I, I also want her to, like, you remember how upset Jonathan Taves was when he found out <laughs> indirectly that they were rebuilding? Like, I think if you were just real with these guys, they'd be like, okay, send me somewhere else. And then, like, and that would work out. That would be best for everybody. You know, they get to go continue to play competitive hockey. Stan Bowman will get to 
build things back up. They get some great pieces there. Like it just seems right for conditions to honestly have a really quick rebuild because you're going to be able to get so much for those guys. If you were to come to them and be like, Hey, we're not going to be good for six years. And that is what it is. You can stay if you want, but we would really, really like to move you. Let me know if we can work on that. You know, like, I don't know. I understand that argument a hundred percent. And it's, I think it's, it's totally fair. And I think it's a good way to go about things. I just have a hard time seeing the, the Blackhawks going about that. And because of how the fans will react, mm-hmm. like the fans would absolutely lose it, especially with the lawsuit thing that's going on now. I mean, the front office is already in bad blood. Like, yeah, I, it, it would be hard to explain to the fan base, even if we get a good return, not letting Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane kind of finish it out here unless they really wanted to leave. At least you know? one of them. Like Kane, well, I mean, like Jonathan Taves, that guy's the heart and soul. That guy's the but Kane. He's going to be here as long as he wants to. Exactly. But like Kane has a lot of, he had a, almost had, there was a, quite a good period of time this year where you can make the argument that he was league MVP. That definitely didn't turn out that way because Connor McDavid, well, actually, I think ESPN. I think ESPN gave Patrick Kane uh, NHL Player player of the Year at the ESPYs. Oh, they did. How about it? Just a great start. Great start. So ridiculous. Um, Wasn't even the best player in the division. Unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I just felt like, I mean, like, if you – because doesn't that make fans upset that they're not making the playoffs? Like, I would be more upset about that than somebody making a tough decision to – I don't know. I don't think there's Get a back it, there. It's it's tough to find a right answer in, in, in that situation mm-hmm. as well, you know, and uh, that's kind of, I think the issue the Blackhawks are finding because they're trying to find that middle ground of doing both, you know? Mm. So. And I, yeah. And, it, and it's honestly a lot. I think back to the Brian uh, Burke uh, and Pittsburgh thing when he, before he got to Pittsburgh, he's like, Oh yeah, I'd blow it up. And then he got there. He's like, you got Malkin, you got Crosby, you got to go for it. And I get that. And I, and I agree. And I agree with that. And I, I, but like, are the Blackhawks saying that, you know, like, cause that, that, that is fair logic. That is fair, fair logic to me, but I don't like know. saying you that they're so many, but yeah. But when you have so many years that you miss the playoffs, like, man, it's just, I don't know. It looks like they're going for it right now. How they've been making yeah. moves. I Which, mean, I don't know. Had a pretty good season last year. Getting to getting an elite center back, getting a really good center back, getting Seth Jones on the blue line to essentially, you know, he swapped out Duncan Keith for Seth Jones. Like there's, they made a lot of good moves. I think they got a lot better this year. Um, I don't know that the West is so tough. Like that's, that's, that's my thing is, how are you going to build a roster that looks like it can compete with Colorado and Vegas? Right. Yeah. Those are going to be the horses out there for sure. But I mean, if Mark Andre Fleury plays, man, that's true. That's true. Because without without a doubt, the weakness of the team is going to be the defense. Even with Seth coming in, we're still very young and raw back there. But with Mark Andre Fleury, instead of Kevin Lankinen starting 70% of the games, you know, that's a big difference, especially if Flurry plays like he has the last couple seasons. Yeah, number one bullshit, baby. Um, 
Fun little fact about Pew Suter, too. He played on a line with Bertuzzi and Fabry on that Guelph Storm team in 2014 or 15. Really? So it's, it's a little cool, cool story there, reuniting those guys. Now you can't trade Tyler Bertuzzi, fortunately. I think, I think David Kampf was also on that team, I think. Uh, do you remember what year they were like – what what year were they like juggernaut? Uh, I think Elf. it was – yeah, I don't know. I was looking at 14-15, and they didn't look like uh... – Pia Suter played with someone in golf. I think David Kampf played there. I could be wrong. Um... Blackhawks legend now, David Kampf, forgotten. My phone's being terrible, and I can't look anything up. Oh, yeah, okay. So the 2013-14 Guelph Storm, 52-12. and 12. Wowza. Won the championship. Uh, Robbie Fabry, Brock McGinn, Jason Dickinson, Tyler Bertuzzi, Ryan Horvat, Pew Suter. Uh, holy smokes. That's a loaded team right there. That is an absolutely loaded team. Oh, my goodness. All right. This is going on for far too long. Uh, anything else from you guys? Free agency, day one. Recap. I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, do you think tomorrow's going to be active or today? Uh, I guess, dude, for my brain's sake, I kind of hope at least the Blackhawks. I need them to chill out for just give me 24 hours. Man. <laughs> I, I haven't been able to do anything. I went to, I, I golfed yesterday thinking, oh, you know, it's Tuesday. Free agency day is going to be Wednesday. It'll be hectic. Go out on the golf course. I'm on hole 10. Mark Andre Fleury gets acquired. I'm like, <laughs> you're kidding me. Like I can't do anything right now. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's active though. I mean, yeah. Day two. I don't think it's going to be crazy, crazy obviously as today, but I mean, there's still names. The NHL is fun. Hockey is fun. I agree. Hockey is fun. Positive feedback. Please tell us in our reviews. If you have negative feedback, please tell us in our DMS. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.